Hey there, this is Pastor Corey, and welcome to the Branch Life Podcast. After you're done listening, I invite you to connect with us at branchlife.church to make sure you're up to date with everything going on at Branch Life. Want to share what you heard today? Subscribe to our YouTube channel and share this video with someone you want to encourage. Thanks for tuning in, and we hope that this presentation helps you connect with Christ and challenges you to reach those around you with the good news of Jesus. Hey, and welcome to Branch Life Church today. We are going to start right off the bat with our kids challenge. So kids, here's your challenge for today. We want you to get this on video or get pictures of it. Today is the stop, drop, and roll challenge. If you've ever had a firefighter come to your class, they tell you that if you are on fire, you're not supposed to run. You're supposed to stop, drop, and roll. So we've recruited a couple kids with us to help us with this challenge today. This is Delaney, uh, Delaney Park. This is Jacob. This is Mr. Will, and this is Lucas, and they're going to help us demonstrate stop, drop, and roll. Your challenge is for you guys to tape yourselves stopping, dropping, and rolling at home, or take pictures of it and post it, tag at Branch Life Church. Bonus points if you get a parent or a brother or sister or grandparent to do it with you, to do the stop, drop, and roll challenge. So here's how it works. You just mingle a little bit in front of uh, me and between the camera, and at some point you're gonna be on fire, and then you're gonna have to follow the instructions. So you're walking around and you're on fire, fire! Stop, drop! Roll. Good job. Get that fire out. All right, guys. Good job. Everybody is alive. Your fires are out. Your fires are out. Way to go. All right. Hey, kids, thanks for helping us with the stop, drop, and roll challenge. Man, the reason we're doing the stop, drop, and roll challenge is you, like those kids, might feel like life's on fire right now. You might feel like there's just all kinds of pain and hurt and everything that you've built is just burning to the ground. If you feel that way, like I do, going through this season, this pandemic, this challenge, you are feeling exactly the same way the characters in the story that we're going to read in Daniel chapter 3 felt. They found themselves in a situation and in a time, in a place where everything was out of control, where it was life and death situations, and they were uh, literally walking through fire. You know, when we go through the fire, when we go through hard times, it's helpful to think about stopping, dropping, and rolling. We want to look at those truths today from Daniel chapter 3. So welcome to our series in Daniel, Faith in Uncertain Times. We hope that today's big idea and big truth will be an encouragement to you as you travel through this next season, wherever you are. What you have faith in matters when life's on fire. We want to lean into that today and hope that your faith is fireproof. So if you have your Bibles, turn to Daniel chapter 3. For sake of time today, we're not going to be able to read this entire chapter. So I'm going to challenge you as an adult. This is the adult's challenge that you would take time to dive into Daniel chapter 3 this week and you will find some deep encouraging truths from this passage. But I want to tell you the story of Daniel chapter 3 because this is true history. This is a story and it's meant to be read and understood as a story and then we're going to take some deep dives in to just a couple of sections 
to learn from some truths today that I think you'll be able to carry with you through this week. And hold on to the very end as we will talk about some big ideas that matter that will help as you and I travel through this hard, difficult time where we feel like our lives are on fire. In Daniel chapter 3, we start with an introduction to a character that we've learned a lot about so far in this book. King Nebuchadnezzar comes to the forefront next week. The character of King Nebuchadnezzar is going to have his most important role yet in the book of Daniel. And we're going to see a progression in his story that will be fascinating and very interesting. But King Nebuchadnezzar was the king of Babylon. It was kind of like the king of the world at that time. And he was ruling in a beautiful, powerful place in a great position. The king of Babylon wasn't only the king of the government or the culture. He was the king of all religion. He was like the God of the known universe at that time. And so King Nebuchadnezzar did something that wouldn't be unusual for a God. And in Daniel chapter 3, we see that King Nebuchadnezzar set up a giant statue of himself in the middle of the city. It was so big and so large that no matter where you were in all of Babylon, you could see this statue. And he declared... That when the music played, everybody had to stop what they were doing, had to fall down, had to bow down and worship this statue that was made out of gold. King Nebuchadnezzar had a pretty high opinion of himself. He felt so strongly about this declaration that he said, if you didn't bow down when the music played to worship this golden statue, that you would be killed. You would be thrown into what they called the fiery furnace. Instant death for anyone who did not worship the king. Enter the characters Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Hebrew young men who had been captured and taken from their homeland, brought to this brand new place, overwhelmed by its grandeur, but they had resolved in their heart to follow God. And because they had done that, God had cared for them and placed them into positions of prominence where they were responsible for quite a bit in the Babylonian Empire. But Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego all had a problem. They could not worship a golden statue. You see, they didn't have faith in King Nebuchadnezzar. They had faith in the God of the Bible. They had faith in the one and only true God. And they believed that it was wrong for them to worship anything else but God himself. They believed that it was wrong to have graven images that were made and to bow down to them. And so when the king of Babylon asked Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego to bow down to a statue, they couldn't do it, even though their lives depended on it. So the first time the music played Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, wherever they were, stood. It would have been easy in this moment just to go through the motions and say, on the inside I'm bowing down, on the outside I'm bowing down, but the inside I'm standing strong. But they resolved in their heart to not defile themselves, and so they stood. Their actions got reported by those that looked to advance themselves to the king himself. And King Nebuchadnezzar was furious with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and he called them to him for a meeting. To give them the opportunity to say, yes, we'll bow down to your statue. In Daniel chapter 3, as we move on through our story, we come to verse 
17. Now, if you have your Bibles, this is where we're going to take a dive into the middle of the story. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego have refused to bow down to the golden statue. They're standing before the king who holds their lives in his hand. And they say to the king, King Nebuchadnezzar, our God who we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace and he will deliver us out of your hand. Man, what a bold action to stand in front of a king and declare their faith in a God that they believed could deliver them from the very hand of the king they were standing in front of. You see, their faith was so strong. Their belief was so deep that they believed in a God that they could not see, even in the face of a king who they could. What you have faith in matters. What you have faith in impacts your lives. You see, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, from the time that they were little, had been taught about the God of the Bible. And a hundred years before Daniel, a prophet named Isaiah said this, and they would have known this, they would have studied this as they grew up. Isaiah said a hundred years before this, when you pass through the waters, I, God, will be with you. When you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned and the flames will not set you ablaze. See, God had made a promise to his people. God had made a promise to Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego that he would not let them burn in the fire. God made them a promise that he was fireproof. You see, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego knew that their forefathers had literally walked through the waters on dry ground at the Dead Sea. They had, they had not been swept away when the Egyptians were swept away. These were stories that they had been told over and over again. And so Isaiah was looking back, but he was also looking forward. And Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego had faith in the God of the Bible and had faith in God's word, that even though they were faced literally by a fire, that their God could protect them. Now, the next three words in the story are three of the most powerful words in this entire chapter. They stood before the king and they said, King, our God is able to rescue us from the fire. We believe in the promise and he can rescue us with respect from your hand. And then this is what they said. But if not. But if not. They knew that God could save them from the fire. But they knew that God might choose not to. Here's one of the powerful truths that come out of this passage. We often worship God and we often say to God, God, you are good when you are giving me what I want. God, you are good when you are giving me what I ask for. But if God, it's hard, if I don't want this, if you don't rescue me right away, then forget you. I'm done. I can't worship and believe in that God. And there are many people that when they travel through fire, when they travel through suffering, they forget their faith. They abandon their faith in God. But Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego said, we trust in our God so much and so greatly that no matter what he chooses to do, whether he chooses us to save from the fire or whether he allows us to go through this trouble, we still will have faith in him. Do not abandon your faith in God when God chooses to allow you to go through the trouble. 
of this world. This is the same thing that Job faced when he lost his family and his health. And this is the same thing that we are facing today as we travel through this pandemic. Our lives, our very lives are in danger. Our livelihoods are in danger. Our families are in danger. And we long for God to save us. And we know he could, but if not. If our marriages are hurting and struggling and we go to our knees and we say, God, we know, we know that you can save our marriage. You can restore this relationship. But if not, I will still worship you. I will still have my faith in you. That next verse in chapter 18 says, but if not, be known to you, O king, that we will not serve your gods or worship the golden image that you set up. They stood before the king and they said, we worship one God and God alone, and he can save us from the fire. But if not, we still are not going to worship any other God. So the story continues on and King Nebuchadnezzar was obviously not pleased with these three young men. And so he took them, he commanded that the fiery furnace be be, uh, put on high and they be thrown in. This furnace was put to such a high temperature that even the guards that carried Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego to the furnace to throw them in lost their lives due to the heat. It was an intense flame. And this is a very important point because some would argue that maybe somehow they survived because the fire wasn't hot enough. It was clearly a life and death situation. And Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were thrown into the fiery furnace. And the story goes that King Nebuchadnezzar somehow had the ability to look into the furnace. And when he looked into the furnace, he saw something that was unbelievable. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were not only alive and walking through the fire like it wasn't even there, but there was a fourth person that had joined them. King Nebuchadnezzar says to the people around him, hey, didn't we throw three people into the furnace? They say, yes, we did. Well, why is there four? And the fourth looks like the son of a God. There was something divine about the countenance of this fourth person standing with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the fire. That was so pronounced, that was so obvious to even the king of Babylon that that was a divine representation of the power of God in the midst of the fire. It's possible that this is a picture of Jesus Christ himself in the midst of the Old Testament, the Son of a God. It's possible that this is an angel sent by God or it is God himself in present with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the fire. So King Nebuchadnezzar calls them out and the three of them leave the fiery furnace and they didn't smell like smoke. There was nothing on them that was burned. And King Nebuchadnezzar does a full 360 He turns around and he says, all of the people in Babylon must respect the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And if anyone disrespects their God, they will be torn limb from limb. We see some some major changes in the character of King Nebuchadnezzar. Again, that's going to show up in a major way next week. And for the second time in the book of Daniel, King Nebuchadnezzar sees the movement of God and recognizes God of the, the God of the Bible as a powerful force that needs to be respected. Let me ask you this question as we look at this story together today. Is what you worship fireproof? Is what you worship today fireproof? And for the next few minutes, I want to unpack this thought together and encourage us to put our full hearts into worshiping 
the God of the Bible, and nothing else. You see, when life gets hard, what we worship is tested. And if it's not fireproof, it burns. If we worship God, we say to ourselves that we will serve no other God and worship no other image but the God of the Bible. So what does it mean to worship? How do I know what I worship? Worship is so much more than singing songs on a Sunday. Worship is the thing that you are adoring in your heart. Whatever sits on the throne of your heart is the thing that you are worshiping. And worship encompasses from this verse that we just read a powerful thought. Three things show show up in this verse. Worship involves serving. When you worship, you serve the thing that you worship. But worship also involves loving and surrendering. You see, when the golden image was placed up, they were told to serve the king and to worship that golden image by bowing down to it, by submitting to it, and by adoring it. So there are three parts to worship that come together in our hearts. Love, serve, and surrender. And let me just explain what I mean by these things. When you love something, you adore it, you cherish it, and you embrace it. And there's lots of things that we love in this world. Actually, God has given us love as a gift. And so we love our spouses. We love our kids. We love our homes. We love, we love our work. We love our sports. We love all kinds of stuff. We love, we adore, we cherish, and we embrace those things. When we surrender, that's something that we follow. That's something that we submit to, that we obey, that we give ourselves to. When you work for a a boss or an employee, you surrender to them. You obey them. You follow them. And you've given part of yourself to them. When you serve, you are using your gifts and talents and abilities for the good of something else. I am working on behalf of when I serve and when I give. Now, when we combine these three ideas together at the center where, they're, where these three things come together, that's worship. And when you think about the things in your life that you love and you surrender to and you serve, you find the overlap of what it is you worship. You find what is enthroned on your heart. And let me demonstrate to you what King Nebuchadnezzar worshiped. You see, King Nebuchadnezzar was in love with himself. He thought he was the gift, God's gift, to humanity. He loved himself so much that he made a giant statue of himself that people would bow down to. He he said that he was the one that he was giving everything to and for. He was building up his image. He was building up and serving himself. And so Nebuchadnezzar loved, surrendered, and served himself. He was his own God. King Nebuchadnezzar also loved and served and was surrendered to wealth. He was building power. This image wasn't just an image that was made out of regular old uh, brick and mortar. It was made out of gold. He was somebody that had wealth and flaunted wealth and built wealth and stole wealth. And so he loved money. He was surrendered to money. He served money. And so on the throne of his heart was money. The problem with what King Nebuchadnezzar worshipped is that his worship was not fireproof. You see, 
King Nebuchadnezzar was mortal. He could be killed. The money that he had, it could be lost and be swept away and gone. And so when anything attacked his image, when anything attacked his wealth, he got upset. He got defensive. He was in pain. And he did crazy things like throw people into fires and in the lion's dens. Now, what about you and what about me? Yes, we can worship ourselves. Yes, we can worship money. And those are actually two big contenders of what could be on the throne of your heart and that you could actually bow down to. But there's lots of things that in our lives we enjoy, but we don't necessarily worship. You see, I do. I love my dog. My dog's a a great part of my life, but I don't surrender to it and I definitely don't serve it. So my dog is not involved in the overlap. You may have a boss that you work for and you give your talents and abilities to that boss or to that job or to that employment, but it's not something that you are following or something that you are surrendered to. It may not even be something that you love or adore, although there may be some overlap in there. You, you may be surrendered to a relationship where you follow a person and you give them mutual respect and love. Now, when these things come together, they can become something that get enthroned on our heart. This time of trouble will reveal to us what we worship. And the pandemic is attacking three main candidates for worship in our lives today as Americans. It's very likely that we could worship our health. We could worship our well-being. We love ourselves. We love uh, and surrender and follow and give ourselves to our good health. And we serve that and we put time and energy and effort into that. But in any moment, some invisible virus could enter in and rob us of our wealth. Are you anxious and concerned about losing your health? Our families can easily become enthroned in our hearts. Our relationships with the people around us can be what we are surrendered to serving and loving. And when we place those on the throne of our heart and those things are threatened, our family is threatened, our livelihoods are threatened by this pandemic. Are you angry and concerned? Are you, are you feeling lonely and disconnected and lost because you are separated from or worried about your family? And our livelihoods, our very work can become the thing that's enthroned on our hearts. And this pandemic has taken us and threatened, yes, our livelihoods, our ability to live good and comfortable lives, humanly speaking. And if Losing that thing causes you to fall down, causes you to be upset, causes you to be in a place where you don't want to be. It's possible that even your livelihood is the thing that you are worshiping. We are not fireproof. Our livelihoods are not fireproof. Our families are not fireproof. So those should not be the things that we worship. The thing that we should worship is the God of the universe. Is what you worship fireproof? You see, when you worship God, you love him with all your heart, soul, and mind. When you worship God, you surrender to him, you follow him, and you serve him with your gifts, your time, your talents, and energy. Is God at the center of your heart? 
or is he just one part of what you do? When God is at the center of your heart and life is on fire, you will stop, drop, and roll. I want to encourage you in these moments to think about what it means to be someone who is all in in their worship with God during difficult times, someone who is leaning into their faith. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, when their lives were threatened, leaned into their relationship with God, and here's what they did. Number one, they stopped. They stopped, and they, they were still, and they knew that he was God. They refreshed and reminded themselves in this moment that their God was fireproof. If you're today in a place where you're concerned about your health, your family, or your livelihood, can I encourage you to stop? Can I encourage you to be still and know he is God and to focus your heart and the throne of your heart on the person of God? Do whatever you need to do to strengthen your connection with God this week, whether it's reading his word, whether it's leaning into prayer, whether it's seeing him out into nature or serving him by loving your neighbor in some way. But stop and be still before the God of the universe and allow him to reign in your heart and trust him with your family, with your health, and with your livelihood because our God can deliver you. Our God can save you. Our God can care for you. Once you've stopped and you've taken a moment to be still, think about the next instruction to drop. To say, submit yourself to God. And when you submit yourself, when you humble yourself before the Lord, He will lift you up. You know, submission is not a popular word, and we like to be in control. As a matter of fact, last week in Daniel chapter 2, we talked about God being in control of those who are in control. And in the moments that we have here together, I want to encourage you, as you think about this idea of submitting yourself before God, humbling yourself, I want to challenge you to think about the difference between a Christian and a Christ follower. The difference between a Christian and a Christ follower is subtle, but it's extremely important. You see, there are a lot of people in our world today who would call themselves Christians. And a Christian is simply someone in our definition of our culture and time who believes in God. And there are a lot of people who believe in God or believe in a God. They believe in a religious system or they're a part of a church or they're a part of an ideology that would identify themselves as Christians. And Christians are someone who simply believes that there is a God out there somewhere. There may even was a person named Jesus Christ who lived and died. They, they know and think that they existed. But let me tell you something. Satan himself believes that there is a God and that Jesus came and he died. Believing that it happened is simply not enough. What's the difference between a Christian and a Christ follower is the word submission. You've stopped and you've dropped. And you've humbled yourself before the Lord. And you say, I am submitting before God. You see, a lot of people are still trying to save themselves. They're still trying to save themselves, their businesses, their livelihoods, and their health. And when you submit to God, you simply say, no, I, I surrender. I surrender. I submit to you, God. I, I give you my life. I give you my health. I give you my future. I give you my eternity. I submit completely to you. You see, a Christ follower is surrendered to the person and work of Jesus. 
A Christian acknowledges it with their head, but a Christ follower puts their lives in Jesus's hands. You may have considered yourself a Christian for a very long time, but you never submitted your life to God. You never dropped and humbled yourself before the Lord and said, I'll do what you want me to do. I'll, I'll go where you want me to go. I'll, I'll act the way that you want me to act. God, I am following you. I am submitting to you. I'm humbling myself before you. When we humble ourselves before God, the Bible says that he then lifts us up. This act of submission is so important in your personal faith journey. If you've never taken time to say, you know what, I am a follower of Jesus. Today, I want to encourage you and invite you into a relationship with Jesus where you trust in him for your salvation, where you say, I am all in in following God with my life. We can't control the fire that is burning around us, but we believe in one who can. And when we submit ourselves, we worship and we put a God who is fireproof on the thrones of our heart. Are you a follower of God? Notice I didn't ask if you're a Christian. I asked if you were a follower of God. Today, if you're ready to become a follower of God, it's as simple as making a decision to submit yourself to him and to put your trust in him. If you're ready to become a follower of God and to be all in with your faith in Jesus, I want to encourage you, even in these moments, to simply have a conversation with God where you say something like this. You say, dear God, I know that I'm a sinner and I, I know that I can't save myself. God, I trust in you to save me. Thank you for sending Jesus to die on the cross and raise again for my sins. I trust in you for my salvation. I put you on the throne of my heart. Will you? Be the leader of my life. Today, if you've prayed that prayer to accept Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, we want to celebrate that with you. We'd love for you to let us know that you've decided to follow Jesus, that you prayed that prayer in the comment section. You can click on the link that's being shared on your platform. It'll send you to the gospel page where you can look at this a little bit more in depth and you can respond there. And if you respond and let us know, we'd love to send you uh, some, some follow-up information, uh, no strings attached to help you in your walk with Jesus and to help you answer any questions you have. If you have questions even now, you can connect with the hosts on your platform. There's somebody standing by to pray with you. And if you're at the website link, you can request prayer even in that moment. You can raise your hand to indicate that you've decided to become a follower of Jesus. And you can even just comment in the section, in the comment section and say, today, I've prayed that prayer. We would love to celebrate with you. We are going to ask everybody today to go ahead and fill out a response card. And that could be the place that you indicate your decision to follow Jesus. So if you've done that, would you please let us know uh, before the time is over. Now we've stopped and we were still and we know that he is God. We've dropped to our knees and we humble ourselves before the Lord. And the last part of it is to roll. You know, in, in the fire and when life is hard, we need to serve God. The Bible says that as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And that's a commitment that you can make this week for yourself and for your house. You can serve God this week, no matter what comes. When Jesus is the one that you worship, when God is on the throne of your heart, you're able to serve him in his might and his power. There was a, 
a famous story in 9-11 of a man named Todd Beamer. Todd Beamer was on Flight 93. He was one of the passengers that rallied and, and went after the terrorists and they weren't able to fly the plane into any more buildings and that plane crashed because heroes like Todd Beamer and those others on the plane did some incredibly brave acts to overcome those terrorists. And we know from the stories that are told that Todd Beamer had called his wife and they were having a conversation about what was about to happen. And the last thing that he said in the presence of his wife before they decided to charge the terrorists was, let's roll. He said, let's go. Let's do this. In that moment, in that life or death situation, when we are faced by challenges and hard times, when we worship God, he gives us the ability to take action and to roll. And I don't know what God has for you this week in this hard time. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego simply had to stand in front of a king and say, we are going to do what's right. We are going to worship God. And how, how and what, the way you worship God in these actions will demonstrate your faith in him. And whatever happens, know that God has your future in his hands. No matter how hard it gets, know that the God that you worship is fireproof. You see, even though Todd Beamer did some heroic acts, he still lost his life. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego had a miraculous saving from the fire. God spared them for his glory and for his honor, but we don't always get what we want from God. Sometimes life does not always work out the way that we want it to work out. Yet, we keep our faith in the God of the universe who is fireproof in times of fire. So when life seems like it's not working out, don't lose faith. Don't replace God on the throne of your heart. Allow God to continue to rule and say, I will worship God. So what do you need to do this week? What do you need to do as you travel through this difficult time? As you fill out the response cards this week, and we want everyone who's a regular part of Branch Life, everyone who's watching and everyone who's visiting with us to go ahead and click on the link and fill out the response card. You can let us know how we can pray for you, but simply pick one of these three steps. Maybe this week you just need to stop and be still and know he is God. Maybe this week you need to humble yourself, quit fighting, quit trying to save yourself and allow God, put your life, put your problems, put your trust and relationships into God's hands and allow him to be the one that takes the lead. Humble yourself and let God lift you up. And maybe there's something that God is asking you to do and you need to just say, hey, let's roll. I'm going to go do this. I'm going to do this because this is what God has for me to do this week. I'm going to get busy serving my God. And you can indicate on that response card, this week you need to stop, this week you need to drop, or this week you need to roll. And see what God does when you put your faith in him. You see, what you have faith in matters when life is hard and is who you believe in, is who you worship, fireproof. Will you put your faith and, and worship the God of the Bible this week. Let me pray with you. God and Heavenly Father, as we think about the challenges that we're facing and the hard times that we're facing, we look at the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and we see their outstanding faith. They worship the God of the universe. And Lord, this 
day, this moment, we worship you. God, help us to set aside and to, to put aside those things that can take your place in our hearts. And God, help us to put you at the very top of the throne. And God, we pray that as we worship you this week, as we travel through life this week, God, that you will speak to us, that you will, that you will protect us, God, that you will guide us in these moments. Help us to be still. God, help us to, to submit and be humble and help us to do exactly what it is you've called us to do in this moment in time. Lord, we love you, and we know that we can rest in you this week as a God who is fireproof. In your precious name we pray, amen.